whistleblower report exposing lies deceptions and all that has assaulted our way of life we must take back our freedom and live as god designed in a free america that honors our constitution and our creator our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome, everybody. I'm Major Mike Gary, your host for today's Whistleblower Report, and this is going to be a military segment. It's been a while since we've had some new blood or some new voices uh, to the military side of things and all the things that transpired during all the uh, COVID-19 mandates. But I'm here today with my guest, Senior Airman Brianna Suspides, and... uh, She's coming to us with new energy, kind of stoking the fires up to pressing forth for what is right and restoring uh, all the military people out there that were treated with such injustice over the last three years. So before we do that, I want to thank all the Truth for Health Foundation donors that have helped us with our legal battles and have greatly helped all our legal recipients with your funds. We appreciate it. We want you guys to continue to donate with us uh, as you can. We understand that everything is getting really tight in this this economy under this administration. Uh, For Brianna and myself, I just want to say that we are not representing the Department of Defense in any way. We are free individuals speaking our reality, our truth, our observations and what we saw And we're trying to make the American people aware of certain things that are going on around us. So we're not representing the Department of Defense. We are free people just speaking our own opinions. Now, I think the audience out there is very aware of me, but just in case you haven't heard me in a while, I am a Seaburn officer of 25 years total service, and I have 15 years specifically in the hazmat weapons of mass destruction. field. And again, bioweapons is a big part of the C-burn, C being chem, B, bio, R, rad, and then N for nuclear. So this is, this whole COVID stuff did not sneak up on me. But for today's guest, this is a young person and I want to compare and contrast our ages. I have 25 years, I'm 43 years old. I'm on the retirement spectrum of things, and our, our guest today, Brianna, is 24 years old, and she just entered the military, and most of it was under the COVID mandates, so hopefully we can tease out some of this and how her experiences are, and, and hopefully she doesn't have a total bitter taste in her mouth I probably would have towards the military after wait what would seem to be wasting my time in quarantine. So with no further ado, I want to uh, welcome Brianna. And Brianna, if you would uh, introduce yourself and let everybody know what you had for a military occupation specialty, and then go ahead right into uh, your years of service. And then obviously where where you went into uh, the COVID mandate time. Yeah, so hello, everybody. It's an honor to be here. Thank you so much, Mike, for just letting me come on and speak. Um, I was a broadcast journalist in the military. I think it is one of the best MOSs personally because I got to go and um, go into every field and just kind of get my toes wet in them and then and then come out and report on it. So I did videography, photography, news writing. And then when I was stationed overseas in Korea and in Belgium, I was stationed at the Shape Base there. I got to do radio hosting and uh, partake in like broadcasting, uh, super fun. 
my name was DJ Cubanita. I just, I really loved it. I would play the Latino music and super, super fun. Um, and also very good experience in regards to just learning how we communicate, how we present, what the commanders want to present as well. And things really were going well. My career was, um, is, was doing great. I got my line badge for staff sergeant uh, first time around. And um, I had a few awards because they, they loved the way that I, I did radio, I guess, because of the Latino side um, and just a creative field. So it was, it was going really well until it wasn't, is generally what I say, because COVID hit, right? And uh, that's when we started to just experience quarantines, first working at home. That was easy. I mean, we, we got to work from home and not have to go to drill, not have to do all that. And it was kind of like, okay, great. We can just work from, from our computers. But after like three, four, five months, eventually you get a little tired of it. And uh, so we, I mean, I, I, this is when I was in New Jersey. So I wanted to get out of there and go over to Korea. So I volunteered to do a short tour in Korea. And Korea was a whole nother level on top because of course we want to keep our relationships overseas good. So the U.S. was taking extra precautions in regards to COVID um, because Korea was trying to be very, very careful about uh, spreading COVID and they were blaming the Americans actually for being the, the, the actual like um, where we were bringing the disease to them. So experiencing a lot of quarantines then, right? just as much as my peers. And this is when I was really um, looking into it myself about what is this about? Why is this, um, why is this so weird? Like a lot of things are kind of sketchy. That was the best reaction that my peers and I would, would that's the best way we could describe it really. Um, and it, because the information that was coming to us in the beginning, for example, with the masks, simple thing, they were saying, hey, look, you don't have to wear your mask all the time. Uh, just when you're sick, maybe a mask is not really going to protect you because it can't actually contain a virus, right? It can't, it's not a shield uh, made of metal. So it, you're not going to be able to actually protect yourself. And then all of a sudden that information just disappears. You can't find it anywhere on the internet, those doctors that said that. And now it's like, you have to wear a mask even by yourself on the toilet, like every moment, you can't even be in the same room as um, somebody else, you have to be far away from them. So information was inconsistent. It wasn't transparent. And overall, I'm a person that looks into what I do, I have to believe in what I do. Generally, that's why I joined the military, because I believed in defending the Constitution. And um, when I was being instructed to talk about these things on air and give these instructions that the commanders were telling everyone to do, uh, I was feeling very convicted about what these regulations were and why they were giving them the way they were, because they were inconsistent. So um, I started looking into just COVID itself and then in the vaccine that was supposed to be rolling out, and I found a lot of problems. Uh, I mean, we could go into just the fact that it was mRNA, it was a new kind of gene therapy. We could go into all of that, um, but really the politics of it is what got me because it was so focused on the fear aspect. And this was when I, when I was still in Korea, right? The, the fear aspect was so, so pushed on us um, to where I just, I, I couldn't as a Christian uh, make myself submit to something that was only based on fear. Where was the fact in this? Where was the, um, just the, the transparency and even secretary of defense Lloyd himself, when he mandated the vaccine, it said, we will only mandate a vaccine that is FDA fully licensed and approved. And then voluntarily those people that want to participate in the EUA, which is the emergency authorized vaccine, that's acceptable as well. However, he could not actually mandate uh, this emergency authorized vaccine from the FDA. However, that same week that that memorandum came out, we were all required, each of our commanders told us, you need to get this vaccine, which was not FDA approved. So 
their their own policies they were discrediting and i saw that and i'm still thinking like what what is this about and then going into the contents of the vaccine i was not prepared to to take that to put that in my body for what it contained and then also for just the 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 experiment that it was and really the risk that it potentially could have i'd like to have children in the future i would like my children to be healthy like i'm not willing to risk uh that and that is not even part of what we swear in to do i'm not swearing in to sell my body to the government uh there there's a big discussion actually whenever i go and tell people that i didn't get the vaccine Usually people are very, very supportive, but there are some that say, well, you join the military and that means that you have to do whatever they tell you to do. Wrong, that's actually wrong. Legally, that is wrong. We are told that we must defend the constitution of the United States and we must obey all lawful orders. Lawful, that is a key, key phrase. And the lawful aspect is what was missing because even in the own policies of the FDA, this gene therapy vaccine that they created, usually according to the policy of the FDA, if you look at their website, it requires at least 15 years of testing before they can actually license it. What did they do with this COVID vaccine? March, 2020, they started testing on it. December, 2020, they approved it. So how is that? how is that following the regulations of the FDA itself? So a lot of inconsistencies. Um, and that's where I was really convicted that I should not take this vaccine. It was in Korea, September of um, 20, it was September 20, I gotta go back. 2021. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. September, 2021. I get 2020, 2021. I was in quarantine so much, so I forget. Um, but September, 2021, when I submitted the exemption, uh, and then, um, I got a direct email from my commander actually telling me, Hey, you are going, and this is my MAGCOM commander, right? He's the high, 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 high up, never have contact with this guy. He didn't CC my supervisor. He didn't want to involve anybody else. And he said, um, you will be facing potential court-martial, dishonorable discharge, blah, 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 if you do not get this vaccine. I mean, there was a lot of threats. And I was feeling- I would, I would like to add something really quick to what yeah. you just said there. And mm -hmm. I think the audience out there can hear that this is a highly intelligent uh, young woman at 24 years old, well-studied on this. Again, uh, you know, science and biology is not her profession. All right. But because she is a professional and she had to believe in what she was sharing as a DJ or a journalist, she looked into and studied what she was uh, giving for information or propaganda there, therefore. And she looked into it 24 years old. And uh, as you can see, and we're, we're going to find out here that it sounds like she was pretty much alone in this at a, as a 24 year old, not long into the air force. And she's probably all alone in her stance that this isn't safe. Another thing I want to put out there for the audience, this, this drove me nuts as a more senior guy towards the end of my career is that for young females, experimental thing, and they want to have children. There's no way that this could have been forced on them. We have laws about this that were not followed as as Brianna is eloquently pointed out. But can you imagine this? We don't even know the destruction that this is going to do. And I, I can tell you this because I have been watching excess mortality and I have been watching fertility rates, although this these exact numbers are very difficult to get intentionally. But Access mortality is up and you can go to Edward Dowd and the insurance companies to get better info, but we can, we got those resources to look into excess mortality, right? And it's continuing. So long-term effects are, are playing a role here. And then fertility is going down and it's jumping down. Now, I don't think we're actually going to know how bad it is for a while, but I am just, I am really pleased and blessed that some people some younger people made a big stance 
And Brianna is not alone in her stance as uh, like young people being into the military. There was quite a few in the main army guard at the age of 20 to 25 that made a stance against uh, this illegality and a religious stance. And I was surprised. I was astonished at how these young people, some of them barely knew Christ, but they had an instinct to check into this because because of a belief in Christ and they educated themselves. And see, this is something the military greatly overlooked is people change and they get more devout sometimes and stronger in their beliefs. And it was not right to sharpshoot young people when they're in the middle of development, right? Males aren't even fully developed in the brain until they're like 25 as, a, as an average, right? So this was not right how you, the younger crowd uh, was treated. And it certainly wasn't right to tr to cut somebody off who's more experienced that had all the answers, uh, for example, verses where you had to prove that you had a deep belief. Uh, it was not right to cut somebody who had a great example in a religious packet away from people that were searching. So anyway, I just wanted to add that, Brianna, to that because I can... <laughs> I can tell, and knowing your story, you were very much alone and isolated in all this. And it's the reverse for what I experienced. I, well, I was alone in the fact that I was the senior ranking guy, but I had a great number of people that hid under me oh. until I was taken out. So you've got both ends of the spectrum with Brianna and myself. You get one that was alone at a low rank being picked on by all these upper ranks. And then you had a guy that was acting as a shield for the lower ranks until obviously I was taken out. So anyway, I just wanted to add that in there, Brianna. And uh, it just, I wish it's too bad you weren't working under me. You would have been safe a little bit longer. I would have been, I mean, I just think like <laughs> if, if the leadership above me would have actually stepped up, um, I mean, I'm cutting a little bit in the story, but I remember at the end, uh, when my commander was discharging me, he told me, he said, I wish I didn't have to do this. And, and he, he like, he said, you're, you're an asset to the air force. I want you to stay, but I, I, I have to do this. I don't believe in it either, but I have to do it. And I'm like, well, you don't have to, but <laughs> you know, it's, it's just like, um, I, I do wish that more people were willing to risk more for, for something that they believe in. Um, and to be honest, I, I did feel very alone when I was going through this. I was the only one in my command. I was the first one actually of my entire major command, uh, in the air force that, um, that got kicked out for this. That's what my, the general told me. And he didn't know how to do it. He didn't know how to, <laughs> how to deal with the situation. I was the first one. So uh, it's interesting because I, I did feel very alone. And my peers were telling me, they were very supportive of my ideas, but not of my action. They eventually all caved in for either convenience or because of their families, they couldn't think of life outside of the military. They had to think about their salaries. I'm not um, trying to blame anyone for not um, following through. I just, I know that we need people who do stand up. And I was one of those people that actually could afford to do that. So I decided to take that on as a principle for more than just myself, but actually for, for the principle of what it meant to cave in to get this vaccine uh, that, hey, look, we, we need to think through what we do and we need to obey lawful orders, not just any order that comes down our way, especially if you're inconsistent and you're lying to us. And <laughs> so a lot of layers there. Uh, I definitely had the Lord Jesus Christ, like you said, Christ, he was my rock and my hope and the Holy Spirit where the Holy Spirit is there's freedom. So even though I was stuck in quarantine for my decisions, I had just, I mean, a lot of freedom within within Christ. And then my dad was a huge, huge supporter too. Um, he, he participated in the freedom convoy back in, when was it? 2021, I believe it was. And yeah, he, he was on fire for it and completely like, just really, really told me all the time, like, Hey, look, you're doing the right thing. Even though you're alone, everybody's telling you you're doing wrong. You're doing the right thing. So my dad was really, really important for me. Um, so 
back to a little bit of my story, the, after I had submitted the religious exemption, right? My MAGCOM commander, he contacts me. I am all of a sudden being quarantined like a ton more. <laughs> it just, it's, it's happening all the time. Like, oh, hey, you were in that store where somebody was reported to have had uh, contact with someone with COVID. So you need to be in quarantine now. I remember going to the doctor once to check on like some random appointment and then they keep me there and I can't leave because I happened to be in the room of somebody else. So I ended up being in quarantine for 14 days straight off the bat from going to a doctor's appointment, things like that. They were just happening all the time. I was being isolated. Uh, I counted over 140 days to combined that I had actually been in isolation. And when I say isolation, I talk, I'm telling you like the COVID barracks is what we called them. They were designated buildings. They looked like the, the freaking zombie camps. Like you, they would go in there with their chemical suits and then they would hand you a meal three times a day and you had to stay inside white walls around you. There was Wi-Fi, and that's what you had. So after doing that, you know, six, eight, 10 times, 14 days at a time, it's, you go a little crazy. So mentally, I was definitely um, struggling a lot. Uh, and I was just getting really, really worked up about what have we come to? Why are we, what is this? Because this is not anymore just like protocol. This is punishment at this point. Um, when I was the only one getting quarantined and then I was being isolated off with my other coworkers, I had to be somewhere else because I wasn't the vaccinated one. Uh, when I was stationed in Belgium, I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. I was the only one that couldn't leave the country because I wasn't vaccinated. I wasn't allowed to enter even basic places like coffee shops or restaurants because I didn't have the QR code. Most of the times I wasn't allowed to leave base. So it, it was a very, very isolated time, very difficult. And over um, about a period of a year and a half. So I submitted the religious exemption, right? September, 2021. Then I was waiting, 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 waiting. They're supposed to get back to you within 140 days for the religious exemption request. They took almost 170 days. So it was 168. So they broke that, which is a Congress level waiver that they can only break it under Congress level approval. So there, there, was, um, there was a lot of policies that were being broken. And um, yeah, overall the, the process took a long time, but then I was officially discharged July of 2022 with a general discharge characterization. Okay, I gotta ask you a question here along, along these lines, the Air Force, there was a preliminary injunction placed against them shortly before that July 2022 timeline. So how did you and others not get saved by that? So it was July 2022. Um, the dates, I was three days before the injunction was actually in place that I got. Oh, my goodness. OK, yeah. so do you have any idea how many in the Air Force ended up like you? Any number or guess? Right before the injunction? Well, I mean, there were 8,500 total of all of the branches, but for the Air Force specifically before that injunction, I, yeah, I don't the, have a number on that. That's the number they state. And for right. the audience That's the there, minimum. That's the minimum. <laughs> minimum number, yeah. And, yes. and I, okay, this is total opinion and not representing the DOD, but uh, what it looks like is a lot of officers have become professional liars about things. So my thought is there's tens of thousands of people that have been destroyed in one way or another. And you heard Brianna say that she was selected uh, to be promoted. She had a bunch of uh, awards and she was all set to go to get her next rank, something that at least at the moment will never achieve. And she's destroyed at the moment. So she was a... Um, you know, an honorable example of an airman at that point. And then all of a sudden this COVID thing comes along. Another thing I want to uh, point out for the audience there really quick and before the break, and then give her one response before the break is I'm old enough to be her father. I'd, I'd be a real young father if, if it was, but how could somebody senior, whether they're NCOs or officers 
of about my age look at this young woman that could be their daughter and lock her up for 140 days and continue to pick on her and beat her into the ground psychologically like this? Where is the humanity of anybody? Do you have a quick response to that, Brianna, before we go to the break? I mean, that that's a, that's a tough one. It's, I, yeah, I don't know if I could say it better, but really it, it was sad to see leaders without backbone, honestly. I was disappointed in a lot of my leadership. Okay, we'll hold it right there. Yeah. We'll come back to that disappointment after the break. But uh, so we're going to take a break and uh, I want you guys to go out and check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org and check out our resource guides. You know, our COVID treatment guides, our COVID vaccine injury treatment guides, which is a really popular thing right now. So go to our website, check those out. And also remember, we run the Faith Over Fear seminar uh, where we have good professionals, whether they're medical, legal, financial, Seaburn, uh, speak from every week on Tuesday. So check that out. And we're also running the, the Truth Project which is another great medicine and ministry production for the Truth for Health. All right, we'll be back after the break. Check out the new Truth for Health store at truthforhealthstore.com. We have exclusive professional formulas with exciting new products, including True Mitochondrial Boost that can help improve your energy memory, focus, and concentration. All of our products are manufactured in certified compliant facility using good manufacturing practices approved and inspected by the FDA. Check us out, www.truthforhealthstore.com. Welcome back to the second half of our show. This is the Whistleblower Report, and this is another military segment. And actually, this one is shaping up to be a really interesting one and very um, alarming in many ways, as uh, Brianna uh, lets us know about her specific story in the Air Force. Before the break, we were talking about the disappointment in the chain of command that she experienced, and she didn't really get to open that or unpack that enough. Uh, so we're going to let her do that, or at least open the second half this way. Rihanna, do you want to finish what you started before the yeah. break? Yeah. Um, so in regards to my leadership, um, there's definitely a polarization of the 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 politics within this COVID vaccine mandate. And um, as I had said before, my one of the generals that actually um, kicked me out, uh, he told me himself that he did not want to do this and that he didn't agree with it, but he had to, right? And at that level, I mean, at that level, right? When you're, when you're all the way up there, don't you have something to where you can say something and even potentially risk risk your job for the principal that that's what i i wish that um our military leadership would do because that is what we swear in to do we are not swearing in to get the next rank or to be the most successful we're not trying to be the career politicians quote unquote we're not trying to be um there for our own personal gain it is for service that's why we join. It's for service of other people. And if we're thinking about the generation after us, then we have to consider what principles we're allowing in. Because once we let our freedoms be taken, it's really, really, really hard to get them back. So why would we allow for them to even go so far as to inject something that we don't know what it is inside of us? I mean, that's that's like your own personal body autonomy. I mean, um, it's just a, a whole nother level. So I, I just didn't see um, my leadership stepping up, my supervisors uh, as well. I mean, they they all believed in me, but they 
they uh, weren't willing to to speak up on the issue. So I, I can't speak for them, but I, I do wish that our leaders would have spoken up more. I was really proud of that Marine. Who was it? The Marine officer, he spoke up very loudly uh, about just how the administration had been dealing with the service members. And I was really, really proud of him. I know he got fired and more than that, but for what he had done, he had such an impact on service members like me because I saw someone with rank that could actually say something with a heart rather than say something that was repeated. And uh, I really, I really appreciated that. If I remember correctly, he, he was Lieutenant Colonel Scheller, I think. Okay. I'm seeing his last name right. Yeah, and if I'm not, I apologize to him out there. But yes, same same here. Somebody standing up and saying, uh, you know, pointing out what was wrong, leaving people and service members behind in Afghanistan was a wrong thing, and uh, the American people have not forgotten that. And that's why the one of the reasons, one of the big reasons why they're not giving their sons and daughters over to the military anymore is because they see that the, unfortunately, unfortunately, I'm going to have to say this, and this is my opinion as I'm not a full-time soldier anymore. So I get my civilian opinion on things. Uh, we see that the military will leave its service members behind. And it's really hard for me to have to say that because that's not how I grew up. I grew up watching World War II movies where you never leave a comrade behind. And even if that means giving your life for that battle buddy. So um, speaking on to... that, um, actually, I wanted to mention about the recruitment and retention, right? So we are in one of the worst periods, actually, ever since the Vietnam era. We are in the worst recruitment since the Vietnam era. Mm -hmm. That is that that's a really low level. <laughs> and um, I just I really, there's many things that have contributed to it, but I know that within being on the inside in the military, I know that this whole COVID uh, vaccine mandate and the quarantines and the, the contact tracing and all of that, the way that they treated us was less than like cattle. We were just being numbered through and um, we were not, I mean, we were not seen as individuals. We were not seen, I mean, just not, not even just as people which could think for ourselves or even to be treated decently. It was all, um, it was very heartless and it was very, uh, very wrong because of the, the mixing of information and the way that they ultimately treated those with religious convictions, those with um, convictions protected under the Religious Freedom Restoration Acts, all, all of these, right, were protected. And uh, we were still punished, actively being punished for these convictions. So, um, yeah, I, I really, the, the, all of those policies and, and the way that COVID, the way that they treated us was, was wrong and it is affecting our recruitment and retention. I know right now I don't approach the military with trust and um, I don't want to go back in. They say, oh, you can upgrade your discharge status by just going back in and do it, you know, do it over again, basically. And like get your, then you can get your GI bill and get your honorable service. And honestly, what is stopping them from doing this mandate again? What is stopping them from actually doing the whole process all over again? And if I have a conviction about something and I request a religious exemption, what's going to stop them from breaking all their policies again? So Nothing, nothing at this moment. And uh, that's why we need, we need legislation. We need this new NDAA amendment to actually restore the members back. For example, all of us who have general discharges, we should be given honorable and they should set a precedent to, hey, you cannot do this again. You, you can't be breaking the policies like you were and a, the, the mandate should be completely off. So yeah. Yeah, so I think it should be entitled the Hero Restoration Act, and uh, it has to be done uh, for the audience out there. And I can kind of speak uh, from some experience here because uh, I used to have to swear people in. And, uh, you know, what I noticed for about the last 10 years swearing people in 
Uh, and this is not like a sexist thing or anything. These are just my observations. I've probably sworn in 10 to 15 people in the last 10, 10 years. And, uh, you know, uh, mo the majority of females that I swore in would not uh, swear under God. Um, they would affirm their their oath and not swearing under God. I never met a male that would do that. <clears throat> so, and with, uh, so in Brianna uh, represents, uh, you know, a minority in that case that she did take a strong stance for Jesus Christ. And what we did over the last three years is we took the exceptional so soldiers uh, and we pushed them out. So for me, uh, I have children that would have would have joined the military. We are a generational family, and but no more. They will not. And uh, for Brianna, uh, she she's not inclined to tell her friends to join the military, which probably, you know, the caliber of airmen that she was, she probably has good friends. So guess what? She's not bringing any good people in. And uh, out of Generation uh, Z, or younger millennials, Gen Z, uh, we know these generations have a lot of problems because of the parents, okay? And so there's not a lot of pickings uh, to, to pick from, okay? The pickings are slim. So think about this. Consider this. This is a massive problem that she has just highlighted for you. And uh, consider what I've said. You know, uh, I think we the civilian population in the United States would be extremely surprised if they knew what her and I know. Um, so where our border is wide open, this spells disaster for this country, or it could, it could, let me put it that way. And because I always, I always am hopeful. And I believe that there's always a way, even when you can't see the way. So I just wanted to highlight that uh, and add to what she said, because she made some very good points there with recruiting. And she's Air Force. I'm Army, National Guard. Now, you're from California, correct? Yep, and that's right. She's from California, and I'm from Maine. We're <laughs> polar. <laughs> total, the, the, opposite. <laughs> total opposite places, okay? Yeah. And what we're saying uh, even though our ages are different, right? What we're saying is consistent stuff. We're validating each other on so many different directions. So I think uh, for the audience out there and the listeners, you need to kind of maybe even replay what we've just said. And then you can start seeing as these uh, current events happen, Israel, Ukraine, and and whatever else lies ahead, you can start to realize, oh my goodness, maybe our military isn't fit to do some of these things. Okay. Sorry to interrupt you, Brianna, but I just think uh, that was very good what you laid out for us. Do you have anything else that you would like to point out along those lines? Yeah. Um, well, I, I did want to mention with the act, actually, you, you mentioned the, there is one right now, Americans act. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's, it was authored by Ted Cruz and he has been trying to push this since 2021, actually. Um, and basically the act, the reason I'm really pushing this in our organization is because it is going to automatically upgrade the discharge statuses for all of us involuntary veterans. It's going to um, set a standard with the, the mandate to make sure that Secretary Lloyd cannot just do it again and any type of COVID related vaccine. Uh, and it's, it's going to offer essentially like a restitution for us members who have been punished for this and really forgotten. So one, one of the key pieces is we know that, um, that this mandate was, was wrong and that it was unlawful. I mean, Congress even rescinded it. So it's been taken away. The DOD has said, okay, fine, we made a mistake. We'll rescind it. However, those people that got punished in the middle of that mandate where they were actually uh, wrongfully treated and then discharged, we're still actively in that punishment because now I can't, I don't have the GI bill. I can't get that federal employment. I can't um, get access to certain VA benefits just because I don't have the honorable status. And there are so many of us out there. I mean, like we talked about the 8,500 is the published number, but that's like the minimum amount. I also know that there are, are tens of thousands of people um, 
especially reserves and guard. If you include that, that's we, we go into crazy numbers, right? So there are a ton of us that have been impacted by this and are still living under that, even though the mandate is gone. And people are like, well, it's, it's fixed. No, no, we're forgotten here. And that's why Involuntary Veterans exists because we were pushing for um, like, hey guys, don't forget about us over here. We're here to support you and what the convictions these veterans had. And then let's change this legislation because we're still suffering under this. So I don't want, I want people to forget and think that it's over because it's, it's not, <laughs> it's not over. Well, that's a good point. It, it can't be over yeah. because uh, our years of neglect and actually standing up and doing the right, uh, the right thing, uh, certainly not for Brianna and myself, but this has led to this shot making its way on the child shot schedule. Okay. And it's not even an approved thing like Brianna had said before. I mean, so we, these long-term effects are going to last, it could last potential to last a long time and see this was something about my profession that always concerned me was the B, the biological agents, because there's such a long incubation period, or you can you can disperse it or spread it and then walk away in days, weeks, months, and then long-term effects. People will never know where it came from, except some of us made a mighty stand at the beginning of this and uh, pointed out that this this potential here, this isn't going to be good. Brianna, did you mention uh, by chance in your religious uh, accommodation package, uh, I'm not sure if that's what it was called in the Air Force, but did you mention the VAERS data, Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System uh, signaling numbers? Did you ever mention those? I didn't know about them at that time. And honestly, and it was 2021, right? So those numbers were still, I'm not sure, but I think they were still developing. So I, no, I didn't even know about it at that time. If uh, so, why I mentioned this, and she she may as she thinks back on this, because quite I would say a lot of soldiers, airmen, and other service members did this in the religious accommodation packet or in some part of the process with their chain of command. Uh, for me, I mentioned uh, VAERS data back in when I became aware of it, which was end of February 2021, and then I started to as it became September of 2021, where the forcing of this or the uh, you're going to lose your job started to come out. I actually posted VAERS numbers, which is the legal signaling system for vaccines. And uh, why this is important is if anybody did this, they became a whistleblower. And quite frankly, if you pointed out any medical uh, problems or side effects with this, you also became a whistleblower of some kind. And I don't, it's yeah, go. whistleblower because that's public information. <laughs> is, is right? I know. Isn't this weird? Isn't yeah. this weird? Uh, in the Army regulation, and I got to believe the Air Force one is very similar. That uh, any when you try to alert a competent chain of command of medical safety or any type of safety type uh, event, you you become technically a whistleblower, even though this is public information. So, and obviously I've submitted IG complaints and Ron Johnson complaints around this, like so many others have, but I'm sure at some point you probably uh, tested the waters on the medical safety piece of this and you might have inadvertently became a whistleblower per your regulation. So this is something you can go away and check. And, uh, you know, as you make your way around telling your story, you can uh, strengthen it by saying, yes, I did. I showed these side effects or what, oh, for example, the one with uh, fertility, uh, there was documents out. See, this is where I became extremely concerned for females. Uh, actually, my daughter experienced the shedding menstruation problem did not get the vaccine, but she, because we were around grandparents around Easter dinner of 2021, she ended up having a strange and heavy menstruation. And I documented it with uh, paperwork. But anyway, um, I just share that because I don't think the civilian population understands what a thorough job 
we did as service members giving our chain of command no excuse, no excuse for not doing the right thing. And see, this is yet to manifest. And I think you can hear it in Brianna's story. And um, and also with the um with the religious exemptions as well. I mean, there there has been an IG memo. It was um I was actually looking at this just recently. There was an IG memo in June of 2022, and he said that they, the DOD as a whole, had a non-compliance with standards for reviewing and documenting denial of religious accommodation requests. It was a blatant denial and a trend of generalized assessments, which goes against the DOD instruction, religious liberty in the military services, right? So there was just such a, I saw an article that talked about the Air Force specifically. There had been 15,000 religious exemption requests, over 15,000, and only nine had been approved. So how, how are they individually, I mean, they're required to individually look at each one for their sincere conviction. And how, how did only nine people out of 15,000 actually have a sincere conviction? How, how is that possible? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. That's the thing. So when you were writing your religious exemption in September of 2021, mine came back, my first one, which I submitted prior to the vaccine, probably about two weeks before the vaccine came out in December of 2020. My first packet was rejected around the date of September 20th, 2021. And then I would have to resubmit my packet with all of you that just became aware you had to submit your first packet. So this was a rigged system. Mine went up with full support of the chain of command early on. They were more than happy to support my first amendment right. And they were smiling when doing it. As the summer of 2021 wore on, they became more and more concerned. And then once my packet was rejected, it was game on. They were going after everybody. And that's why uh, airmen, soldiers, service members like Brianna, their packets didn't even stand a chance. It was, uh, you know, sure it, was, that. <laughs> it was just like, all right, yeah. that's that in that category, COVID. All right, we'll just deny it. I mean, because my it took a long time for them to actually get back to me and deny it, which that whole time I'm like, am I getting kicked out? Am I staying? What's going to happen in my life? What, what's it? And you have to show up at work every day being the unvaccinated one, being the the troublemaker, being the bad guy. And you have to be like, am I staying here? What, what am I doing? It, it's, a, it's an interesting psychological place to be in. Um, but then my appeal, after they had denied the first time, my appeal uh, came back immediately, immediately denied, wasn't even, yeah. So it, it was a, a very, very interesting time in, in regards to just all the stuff, the policies that were happening and how the leadership chose to go the way they, they went. So, Well, Brianna, with uh, the new Speaker of the House, this Mike Johnson, mm -hmm. who is a devout Christian, okay, and uh, for the audience out there, I'm not sure if you're tracking or aware of this, but the first thing he did when he finally vote, uh, won the vote for Speaker of the House was he prayed. There's an actual picture out there. His first order of business was he prayed uh, with the other House members right there at the podium. So I think this is a change of a season for us, which seems like it's been wandering in the wilderness, if you get my drift, for us that have uh, experienced this. Mm -hmm. But I find great hope in this. So uh, with your organization, Involuntary Veterans, uh, in considering what I just said, do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, um, I did want to, on, on Senator Johnson, actually, he wrote a letter back in 2022, I believe it was, and he wrote it about the recruitment and retention and just the, the ineffectivity of this uh, mandate for the vaccine. So I'm super excited because I hope that he really puts Americans Act on the floor to be voted on and to be included because- we can't, we aren't stopped from continuing our lives um, because of, of the punishment for our convictions. So I'm really 
really excited about what Involuntary Veterans is doing, what organizations like Truth for Health uh, is doing. I really believe in people. I believe in even what this movement has, has caused, what COVID has actually caused people to do, how it has caused them to wake up. I'm excited. So I, I want to end it on a positive note because it's a very sad story and it, it's, um, it can be disheartening, but I want to end it well saying there is a lot of, a lot of good people that are standing up. There are a lot of lawsuits and there are a lot of um, legislators even trying to get this through. So uh, that's what our, our organization is about. I know that's what Truth for Health is about too, setting that precedent. And that's what I'm asking for people to just support support organizations like ours because we have really, really, we are a good, good group of just good groups like this. Being able to talk th this way with you is an honor. Uh, so I want to end it that way. There's still hope out there. <laughs> awesome. Maybe that's my young naivety, but that's me. <laughs> well, hold on to that as long as you can. <laughs> you don't become a pessimistic old bird like me. It was truly my honor to interview you, and I want to say thanks to our donors out there. Sign up to give donations, as your donations have helped many of the nation's finest fight against this tyranny. So we thank you for that and continue to do that. Uh, you can go to www.truthforhealth.org. That's truthforhealth.org. Join our crusade. We are silent no more. Sign up for our email alerts. Check out all our resources that we provide for medical advice to ministry help and our constitutional rights information. So closing thoughts for me here, Brianna, the COVID crisis exposed a troubling epidemic of moral cowardness in the upper ranks of our services with officers showing their willingness to sacrifice the lives, the health and personal freedoms of their service members. You're a casualty. Thank you for your service and courage. And scripture says, vengeance is the Lord's. Until then, we will remain obedient and watch for the, our Lord Jesus Christ. For such a time as this, the whistleblower report, and this is a military segment. See you next time.